0: All right, Adam with Splendid Sports here. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught it recently. I did a three and three with Dylan from Double D Vintage Baseball Cards. And I asked him at the end of it, I said, uh, you know, because he, I know he follows a lot of channels and is in tune with the vintage community on YouTube. And I said, give me someone else that you think would want to do this. And it would be, uh, you know, a, a good one to do three and three with. And of all the YouTube channels, he picked this man right here john wade boggs fan how you doing
1: pretty good yourself great great good. I, thanks I for having me you. on and and thanks again to dylan for uh, suggesting me i i know we've been following each other's uh, channels watching each other's videos he's really passionate about vintage cards really loves my uh vintage uh, videos uh in my my vintage collection even though that's not all i do obviously um, so, yeah, that, that was very nice of him to uh, suggest me. And I, I'm happy to be on. Yeah, happy to have you. And, and
0: uh, just a, a quick summary of what we're going to do. Uh, so three and three is we start off with um, John's going to show us three of his favorite cards in his collection. And uh, we're going to do three Wade Boggs cards to start. Yep. We're going to three of his favorite Wade Boggs cards. Doesn't have to be the most expensive cards or anything like that. Just three of his favorite and he'll tell us why they're three of his favorite. And then we're going to do uh, three Wade Boggs cards that are on his want list. And then uh, I think we'll have time. If it's if it's going well and John wants to keep doing it, then uh, we'll do, also do three vintage cards that he wants to uh, hopefully buy
1: in the future. Yeah. All right. So, John, over to you, man. All right. Well, uh, I've been collecting Wade Boggs cards for about 25 years now. And so I've collected about I'm I'm almost at 5,400 different Wade Boggs cards. So when you said pick your three favorite, I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, h- how am I going to do this? But when I thought about it, there usually there are like these these three cards, maybe a couple others, but they're ones that I always tend to think of that I have in my collection. Uh, they may not be the, the the fanciest or necessarily the rarest or, like you said, more, most expensive. But there are three cards that I, I typically turn to when I'm doing any type of, hey, show us some of your weight Boggs cards. So uh, the first one is from 2012 Tops uh, Tier 1, and it is the one-of-one one, uh, Bat Knob. Ooh. Wow. And it is a from a Red Sox uh, bat number twenty six, and I, I think that this may be the first uh, bat card made of of bogs. Maybe not necessarily the first bat uh, knobs um, ever made, but I think this may be the first one that was made of bogs. Uh, again, from twenty twelve. And this is actually the most I've ever spent on a Wade Boggs card. Again, being a one of one, uh, I got it for a lot less than other Hall of Famers. So I thought I got a, a pretty good deal. Now, of course, this is probably one of 30 <laughs> Bat Knob cards that have been made. But at the time, it was, like I said, if it, it wasn't the only one, it was maybe one of only two that had been made of, of Boggs. So that one is sort of on my list of, of three favorite. The other one is, is strictly because of design. Um, it is low serial number, but it's from 2004 SP Game Used uh, Patch 3000 Hit Club Autograph. to Talk about a long name. Uh, but again, I just love and I don't know if the colors are going to show up on the screen here. Um, it, it, it's odd for a Red Sox card to have like some purple on it, yeah. but that is a uh, part of a uh Jackie Robinson um, anniversary or some special patch that they wore that year, uh, for uh, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier, things like that. So that's part of that special patch. It's a sticker autograph, but still, um, it's out of 10. I, I just love the overall look the image of boggs it's a nice autograph even though it's not on card and the coloring the patch just everything i i just absolutely love the design of this card it's beautiful wow oh, there's that in there
0: i love I, these are i've never seen these obviously i've never you know i'm not a wade Boggs super collector like you but i don't think i've ever seen like a a, a bat knob card like that i mean I, I know I'm not, I'm more like, I look at a lot of
1: other things, but that yeah. is, both of those cards are amazing. I, I've i I've seen other uh, bat knob uh, cards, obviously on eBay. I, I see some stuff where people show them off on their videos and not all of them have the written, uh, their written number on the end of the bat. It right. may just be at the end or they, they may have some other mark to it. Uh But with Boggs, he always put his uniform number at the end of his bat, whether it be with the Red Sox or Yankees or Devil Rays. So So
0: I was going to ask you that. So he wrote the number on the knob?
1: Yeah. Wow. And I actually have a game-used Red Sox, game-used Yankees, and a game-used Devil Ray bat in my memorabilia collection. Wow. Now, the last one. So we were sort of looking at, you know, hey, we had a one of one. We had one that was really fancy in terms of his design. I'm going old school with the third one. It's not his rookie card. It's his second year card. Mm -hmm. And I actually like this card a lot better than his rookie card. Uh, His rookie card, you know, it's just that hunchback. He's running the bases or whatever. Uh, This one shows that classic swing of his and, and the little, I love the design of 84. I like this card so much. I don't have too many graded cards. I just pulled out a graded copy, but I like this card so much. I went and did something crazy that only a super collector would do. And I own over a thousand of these not graded, but I own a thousand over a thousand raw copies of this 84 tops card. (laughs) Um, I, I I had, I, I bought out someone's Boggs collection years ago and that's what really, increase the number of different cards i had and i think there were a bunch of 84s i was going through my my checklist and and my catalog of of keeping track of everything and i noticed that i had about 184 tops cards i don't normally buy duplicates once i buy one card i'm off to the next one to try to get as many different but with the 84 I'm like, oh, geez, I almost have 100. Oh, let me get to 100. And I kept seeing these lots show up on eBay, you know, 40 card lot, 50 card lot, 60 card lot. And they were, I don't want to say dirt cheap, but I, I'd pick them up for like 15, 20 cents a card. I'm like, sure, why not? So I got to 100. Then I got to like 400. Well, I'm at 400. Might as well try for 500. I mean, why not? I got to 500 and I'm like, Oh, let's just do something really stupid and crazy. Let's go for a thousand. And it took me only about less than nine months. And I yeah, I picked up a thousand of them. So.
0: so you said you said you had fifty? what is it fifty four
1: hundred total or fifty four something? I have almost uh, it. I'm approaching five thousand four hundred different cards, and in different total, cards. I have a little over ten thousand. Wow, box cards. That's incredible. I mean. And, and
0: what else is incredible is, I mean, I've seen it many times, but I just got to say it. The room you're in, your card room is, inc- I mean, that is unbelievable. Uh, you know, I, I said Dylan Double D. I told him yeah. I think he's got the best card room. I don't know now, man. I, it's tough. Well, I, oh.
1: <laughs> I, for the longest time, I just collected his cards. And it was around, I'm trying to think now if I'm going to get the year right here, um, I want to say it's around 2016 or so. I was actually featured in, uh, Beckett used to have a super collector uh, issue. And I put in my information, submitted a few pictures, and I actually got selected as in one of the issues of Beckett's uh, super collector. And I had my contact information in there, my email address. And all of a sudden I get, you know, shortly after the magazine came out, I get this email from this guy out near the Chicago area he says, hey, I saw your article. I'm a huge bugs collector and all that stuff. And since then, his name's Richard Davis. Uh, He has a few videos uh, on YouTube and a big presence on Facebook and Twitter. His bugs collection is like four or five times this. It's insane. Really? Um, But it wasn't until I met him and saw his memorabilia collection. Was it until I started buying all the stuff that you see behind me? so I, I i thank him for opening my eyes to the memorabilia side and he's been in awe of my card collection uh because he would focus more on memorabilia although now he's building up his card collection and so it's been it's been fun we've become great friends over the years and there's a bunch of there's about four or five uh maybe six bogs super collectors if you want to call it we're all on uh uh, text groups and stuff, and we we chat all the time, and and it's been great.
0: I was going to ask you that because if you're you know that big of a super collector, it's probably very beneficial to know the other
1: super collectors so you guys can help each other fill in the gaps. Yeah. Yep. Occasionally, you know, we'll we'll bid on on the same card or whatever, but it's always hey, I didn't win that by any chance? Did were you the one that won that? And it's usually yes. I'm like oh hey, at least it's within the group. And, and and we're happy for each other. So it, it used to be a little bit more competitive when we didn't know who we who they were, and we got to know each other. It was like, oh shoot, I lost again to so and so or whatever. But now that we've gotten to to know each other, become good friends, it's it, we support each other. We give each other a heads up. Hey, did you see this card show up on eBay and different things? So, in fact, sure Rich Rich came out to Pennsylvania. I'm in uh, Central Pennsylvania. He came out from Chicago. And was in my wedding party uh, when I got married. I mean, we were oh. that we're that close of friends now. So,
0: I was going to ask. So, you you live in Pennsylvania,
1: but uh, are you originally from Massachusetts or New England? No, my my mom is.
0: Oh, okay. And okay.
1: so, what what got me very quickly uh, into bogs is it's the late '90s. I had been collecting since 1978, but primarily complete sets. I would occasionally buy packs. And open them up and and just you know sword them and stuff like that. But I really didn't have any focus other than getting complete sets. Well, for the most part, it was tops. Then it was Donner and Flair, and then by the late '80s, you had Score and then Upper Deck. Well, by the mid to late '90s, all these card companies were not just putting out one flagship product; they were spinning out eight, ten different products. And I'm like, I can't buy all these sets, and so like I I was looking for a different direction. And I heard that there were collectors out there who collected a particular team or a particular player. So I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll start collecting, see how many cards I can get of a particular player. But I didn't know who. So I started going through my cards and I noticed that I had a decent number of Wade Boggs cards. And my mom's originally from Massachusetts. So I grew up rooting for the Red Sox in the American League. Um, And so I thought, okay, it's late 90s. At the end of his career. He's approaching 3000 hits. He's going to be in the hall of fame. His cards at the time were fairly inexpensive. I'm like, this is the perfect player. And then since then I've got to meet Wade about six or seven times in person. He's a great guy. So that just adds to my enjoyment of collecting his cards and memorabilia. The fact that, you know, I've, I've met him that many times interacted with him, Occasionally we correspond via Twitter. Um, and it, it's just it's been a great personal experience as well in addition to cards and memorabilia
0: and i should have mentioned this to you but i'm from massachusetts i grew up there ah. yeah and boggs was my favorite player growing up cool. you know because I, I was always fascinated with the guys from the 50s and 60s that's why i collect vintage cards now yep. uh, but you know when you're a kid you follow the current players and boggs was my favorite player you know, as you know, in those years, they didn't win much, or well, they didn't yeah. win anything. Yeah. But I just, I was, even if the team was terrible, monitoring Boggs, you know, every at bat and uh, watching his batting average and oh, comparing yeah. him in the newspaper to not only, you know, he was leading the American League, but I'd always look at the National League and I look at Tony Gwynn, so I would always compare the two. And oh man, Gwynn's yeah. ahead of him now. He's batting 360, and Boggs is 350. So. Yeah. I have a very soft spot for Boggs too. Uh, I, I have some cards, but not you know, obviously nowhere yeah. <laughs> near you guys. But yeah, I love I love cool. Boggs, and I still I just I think yeah. about Boggs now when the the way baseball is now, where everyone strikes out every other at bat, and it, it yep. and I just think about Boggs, and I appreciate him even more now than when I yeah, did. I mean, his
1: his career on base percentage is four hundred and fifty something. I mean, it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. Um. And I, I was always, again, we're, we're, we're talking about like the late 90s. You know, you have your Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosas, Ken Griffey Jr., all these home run hitters. And I was always more impressed. Everyone said, oh, well, Boggs was just a singles and doubles hitter. He had no power. Well, he showed power in one year. And he could have probably hit more home runs. He would have sacrificed for average at getting on base. But his goal was... He was at the near top of the lineup and his goal was to get on base through either a hit or a walk. He wasn't lower in the lineup that he was expected to drive in lots of runs. All right. So he knew his place. He knew where his talent was. And I've always been more impressive with a ball player who can hit for high average, high on base percentage. I I guess I'm one of those cyber metric guys or whatever, you know, that, that runs the numbers to me, than someone who hits, you know, all these home runs, but has huge strikeout totals. I mean, he'd have more walks in a season than strikeouts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and how many players today can you say that about? And I think one year, it, I forget the numbers. It's something ridiculous of how many swings he took in one particular year and how many times he missed, not struck out. It was like a small portion of the time that he actually missed the ball out of all the swings he took that season. Just amazing. So.
0: And, and I, we were very upset when Boggs left the Red Sox.
1: I, but, I, I was too. <laughs> I love I,
0: that, though, because I, I'm actually very happy he left and was able to win a world championship with yeah. I know it was the Yankees. But, you know, as you get older, it becomes more about the players, than, for me at least, with the, than the team. Uh, yep. And I am, I'm happy Boggs got a chance to play on a, a real con, a championship team because if he had stayed with the Red Sox, that wouldn't have happened.
1: Yeah, he, he, he would have fallen into – Uh, Obviously the likes of uh, Ted Williams, Kari Shremsky, you know, lifelong Red Sox players who never won a world series. Um, In fact, he did want, uh, I won't get into the story, but uh, he actually did want, and he was close to being a lifelong Red Sox. Uh, If it wasn't for the death of the owner of the Red Sox at the time, new ownership came in. They wanted to go a different direction and they didn't offer Boggs a contract. He wanted to play for the Red Sox for his entire career. So that the, There's rumors out there. Oh, he just went for the money and went to the Yankees because he was mad at the Red Sox. No, the Yankees were the only one that was willing to give him, I think it was a three or four year deal. And so he was like, hey, I just don't play ball. Here's a team that wants me. Okay, I'm going to play. They're the Yankees, but he wanted to play. He didn't choose the Yankees. He he wanted to be a Red Sox, but just for the record.
0: (laughs) Now, what I was going to ask you, what um, or how many Boggs cards are you missing? That that have been issued so far. Do you have a? Do you know that number?
1: Yeah, I, I've. I not only have I built a large collection. I have built a large checklist over the years, and my checklist consists. I, I can't say I have every single one known because I'm sure there's some obscure stuff out there, uh, but I try to keep it updated with new releases. And my checklist has about ten thousand different box cards. So with fifty four hundred, there's a lot. There's there's more that I don't. Well, we're close. Um, just under uh, half that I need, but there's probably over, I think, 1,200 one of ones. I mean, just wow. the number of one of ones today, it's just, it's ridiculous. Every product has 20 ones of one of ones you can get, it seems, with all the different parallels. But uh, so those are, I have 175 one of ones, but they're just so many out there and so many serial numbers out of two, three, and five. They're just, you don't see them anymore. They're in private collections, probably other bogs collectors. I know some others have a lot more one of ones than I do. So realistically, there's probably, I'd say maybe uh, one to 2000 that would be realistic for me to get at, at some point in terms of how rare they are, the serial number or so on. Um, So there there are still more out there, but right. Like on a given in twenty twenty.
0: 3 like how many do you think they'll come out with new box cards usually like in a, in a given year
1: I, I I don't know actually cuz I I, I had my, uh, my my checklist here and actually in uh in 2020 there were about 800 box cards wow okay uh 2021 there's another 700 uh, again it's it's all the parallels and and all it's it's just it's insane it's just, it's crazy the number of cards post playing days for bogs it's just phenomenal but at least i didn't decide to collect ken griffey jr or Cal ripken jr um because or rip or jeter or something like that because the number of their cards is just in the 20 30 000 different cards um so and a lot more expensive the the last three and three i did was yep. um with a channel called junk wax
0: hero mike okay and he, one of the things that uh he he did a video on um he found out that there are 1059 i think it was different one of one trevor lawrence cards uh trevor lawrence rookie cards think about that one of there's 1059 different one of one trevor lawrence rookie cards i mean it's just it's a it's getting insane
1: it is it is in fact uh, one of the the before we got on here a uh, fellow uh, Bog super collector texted me i think it's one of the new uh leaf products and they're they're known for just throwing so many freaking parallels and yep their new release has a bogs card and he says he said uh good luck uh good luck trying to get all those parallels and i'm like yeah, it's just it's i i bet you there's going to be again i'm going to look through leaf's checklist and i bet you i'm going to be adding at least 30 cards with all the different parallel versions of bogs to my checklist just out of one product
0: and it makes you appreciate the vintage error because what we'll get into is you can do you can achieve an actual player run in those years which is you know it's it's, the cards are more expensive but there's not a million different cards to get which is nice yeah yep so what i got here let me pull up uh, my want list, yes. Yes, you you emailed me. Can you see the want list here? Yes. So I just put it up on the on the website. Um, you gave me three Boggs cards that uh, are on your want list, and these are obscure cards, very obscure. So that I don't even for these, I don't even have pictures other than the ones yeah. that you sent me that are like you know almost the same card. Almost between, the same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you got your first one here, which is well, your first one is 1999 Bowman's Best Atomic Refractors number two hundred, which yep. I got the non-atomic right pictured here. Yeah,
1: yeah. There again, the, these three aren't uh, very expensive, uh, but they're they're just hard to find. Um, and yeah, I, I have certain certain holes in my in my checklist, certain ones where I can complete a little bit of a run, not necessarily a a rainbow. But ones that I'm a little missing. And out of all the 99 Bowman best, I I just never been able to pick up the Atomic Refractor.
0: That's a beautiful card. Yeah. And the next one, we got the 1999, or I'm sorry, so it's a 1999 Topps Gold Label Class 2 red numbered to 50 and this yep. one here is the base version picture. yep
1: so for for 99 tops gold label they've they've brought it back uh, the last couple of years tops gold label i believe uh, back then there was a class 1 class 2 and class 3 and then when, within each class there was the base there was the black label where where it says tops gold label it, it's more of like black ink and then there's the red label and then there were one of ones of each of those three so the red labels are the ones that are serial numbered other than the ones of one of ones. The class one is out of 100. I have that one. The class two out of 50 is what I'm missing. And the class three is out of 25. I have that one, but I don't just never been able to find or, or pick up the out of 50.
0: That's a cool card, too. I like th- I like that one. Yeah. Um, and then the last, the third one, 2004 Prime Cuts, two MLB Icon. That's a long one. Icon Century Gold Yankees
1: <laughs> version number two ten. And then we got yeah. this is a picture. So this is True. this is the one that's I cool. have within Prime Cuts for 2004. There was one version of of cards that they had some with patches or jerseys and autographs and you name it. A lot of different uh, parallels. And they had one with him featured in a Red Sox uniform, which I have there. But there's also a version of him in a Yankees uniform. So this is the base card. There's the different foil. There's a silver out of 50, I believe. There's a platinum out of one of one. And then there's the gold out of 10. I have the Red Sox version. And I've seen another Red Sox one pop up on eBay a few times but I've yet to see the Yankees. And again, it's a 2004 card. These are probably just buried in other people's collections and who knows when they'll see the light of day again. Not a very expensive card. It's just hard to find. And man, did he have a cool mustache? Oh yeah. One, one of the <laughs> best. Yep. One of the
0: best. All right. So let me pull this back. All right. So now if you got time, yep, I would love if you gave me Uh,
1: three vintage cards on your want list yeah well i am working on a you know trying to do a player run well my first intro into getting back into vintage about two years ago was trying to get hall of famers of you know going from 1980 on back picking up all the hall of fame cards for those particular years and as I started doing that, I, I, I've, I've gotten close to a couple player runs. And, of course, being a Red Sox fan, I decided that I wanted to try to have my first player run be Corey Tromski. And so at last year's national, I picked up his rookie card. And since then, I've picked up other cards. I recently just picked up his 65 tops. So of the top three that I'm missing, I'm missing more than three, but it would be his 61, his his second year card. Is sixty-two, and what's giving me fits is trying to find a sixty-nine in the grade, price, eye appeal. Uh, I I just haven't been able to find one yet. I'll see one that I like and it happens to be like an eight, and I'm like, I, I don't need an eight. I don't need to spend two hundred fifty bucks for an eight. It's, yeah. Let me pull these uh, up so we can show some images here. Yeah, uh, 1961. We'll start with you said sixty-one, right? Yeah. It's The sixty-one is actually the same image that they use for his rookie card, but it's the full portrait. Sixty-one. This one right here. Yep.
0: All right. So yeah, oh, that's a that is such a cool card. Beautiful. Um. So what what would you like? uh, What are you looking for in a grade? Did you say on that? Like, do you have a? Well, for
1: lately, I I started off wanting to get all my vintage cards in collector grade. Well. I quickly found out with the pandemic and rising prices that I, mean, I can't always afford collector grade in some of these cards, but I'm able to find lesser grades in what I think are, are great. eye appeal sometimes it takes a while to find one. Um, but for Kari Stremski, I, I I've been trying to get some of the, the higher grade examples. Now his rookie card I have in a five, I'd probably be looking for um probably a 5 in, in this one uh maybe a 6 depending on the price although i have my eye on a 4 that looks really really sharp so i don't i don't know but um the others i'll probably be looking at uh the 69 and the 62 probably around a 6 something like that let me pull up the you said 62 was the next one yep okay So, yeah, just yeah. love that image of him holding that's three awesome. bats. And I love yeah, that card.
0: And, yeah. And you, I watched a video of yours that, that came out today. Uh, you have a you have a list of of I think it what is it? It's hundred vintage cards for yes, dollars. I love yeah. following that. Uh, but one of the things that you said and it's so spot on. It, it feels like there's definitely a movement going on um, that's picking up even more steam now, where in vintage cards. I know I feel this myself. It, the grades almost don't matter that much anymore to yeah. to a lot of us. It, it's just I appeal. It's what I don't care if it's a three or a six. If if the three looks better than a six, if it's better centered, um, yeah, I'll go with the three. I'd rather obviously get the. Like, it costs me less money. So yeah. I I feel like I know centering's always been a thing, but it just. Do you feel like it's just like, way more.
1: Yeah, for, than it used to be. As far as eye appeal goes on vintage, for me, I mean, yeah, sure. What I would I love to be able to pick up sevens of, of, of everything. One, I don't have the budget for it, and I I love baseball cards. So the the more the merrier. So I'm I'm, but I don't want to just buy any card. So it's not like, oh, hey, here's one. It's cheap. It's all wrinkly, off centered, whatever. Hey, I just want to own it. So I'm not at that level. So I'm sort of in the middle where. I don't have a lot of money to spend. I have a decent amount, but not a lot to spend on cards. So I want value for my money and just a nice eye appeal card. Classic example at the national. I saw the 65 Steve Carlton rookie card, same dealer. He had a four and a a PSA four and a PSA five. I looked at the two of them. I couldn't tell the difference between the four and the five and The four is a lot cheaper. I'm like, I'm buying the four. I, I don't need to buy a number and say, Oh, hey, I have it in a PSA five. So I to me that four looked just as good, and I could save some money on it. So that's I so I so I bought the four. And I, I've picked up some really nice looking fours, uh say from the 1960s, that hey, fine with me as long as the eye appeals there, I, I'm big on centering. I don't care much about corners. Um, The backs don't really have to be perfectly centered or whatever, but as long as that card in the front is fairly well centered, nice eye appeal, good colors, not many print marks or anything like that. If it's in a four, I'll take it. I'm um,
0: the same exact way. And I wonder like, sometimes I know that like PSA, they they grade on the invisible pretty heavily. So yeah. you know a card they they look at it under magnification and it's a technical grade so i understand that there's i've seen so many of them too where it's like a three yeah. and it just it's like perfectly centered and it's got great color and everything but i'm sure there were some things that the human eye can't see that psa saw and they knocked it down to a three yeah. i mean I, part of me is like well psa should maybe change how they grade but then it's like you know what i don't really care either way Probably keep grading that way because then I can save some money. I'll buy threes all day long yeah. that look better, and, and save the sixes that are off-centered for people that want to spend more money.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know we have one one more Yastrzemski card, but I have a perfect example uh, right here that I that is exactly what you said. It, it's a low grade, and unless you tilt the card in a certain way, it's. This is one of my favorite cards. I just fell in love with this card when I saw it on eBay. The 1950 Bowman Yogi Berra. Now, if I, I know the, the the light's not the the best here, but check out that centering. Wow! And when I looked at the 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 picture on eBay, I'm like, something has to be wrong with it. It's a two. How how is that a two? I know the the corners are sort of, you know, not 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 perfect. But I'm like, what what is it? Well, it turns out that right almost at the horizontal like the horizon there with the trees there is a very faint slight surface crease doesn't go through the card you have to see it at a certain angle and then there's a tiny one right near his his uh hat but again unless you have it at a certain light you look at this card straight on you say how the heck is that a two that's right in my wheelhouse I, I buy that I, I bought that too I, I think it was an auction. Um, and I was like, I, I had to have that card and it wasn't for two. It wasn't that expensive, but uh, I, man, I just that a beautiful card. Oh, what yeah. an image on that. Yeah. That, that, that's why I'm not a necessarily a big Yankees or Yogi bear fan. That's just, I, I've, I've fallen in love with, uh, 1950 Bowman cards. Um, very quickly. I, I I'm sorry. I I know we have a lot to, I just picked that one up at the national uh, the 50 bowman bob feller in a five again i wasn't looking for a five they just happened to have it once i saw that in the display case and the price that i could get it for i just i i fell in love with it so i i just i love how small they are and just the artistry to, i don't know that that's what i love about vintage in fact i i don't want to spill the beans here but I, i'm going to be starting I'm not sure when, starting a a new video series on my YouTube channel focused on cards that I like of a particular set, have nothing to do with grades, nothing to do with value. This is all just appreciating the card itself, the picture design, you name it. Um, And so I, I felt like I wanted to get back to just showing off the enjoyment that I have for certain cards, whether they're in my collection or not. And get away from oh well this is a PSA this or this card's worth X amount or whatever and that's why I like it in my collection. Uh, to me, a lot of these vintage cards they're works of art. They're little pieces of art, and um, that that's why one of the reasons why in the history of the of the game and the players and so on why why I like his, uh, vintage cards so much.
0: Well, even I mean this is like a, a guilty admission, but when I first started looking on eBay for vintage cards, like. You know 10 years ago or whatever because before i didn't even have the money so i didn't even want to look because it was i know i couldn't afford but when i started looking i would go like i would uh ebay i type in like you know uh willie mays just to see like oh maybe a psa six or something like yeah. I, I like i'd i type in a grade and now i don't even do that because yeah i might like a a two better than a seven yeah. it's, it's just i i guess it's maybe just over time you develop that Type of thinking or the eye, but it's just crazy to me because when I watch other channels, I I hear like you like you say here, people are thinking the same thing. So it's just funny because I don't know maybe it's just like a natural evolution once once you've been doing a certain amount of time.
1: Yeah, I I I found for me that that technical PSA four grade is is my sweet spot because once you get into threes. Now you're going to start noticing some more creases. They may be down around the corner or something or some light crease or or somewhere. Creases don't completely put me off. But fours, if you can find one centered, it's usually because the corners. You know, there's maybe one crease or dent in the corner. They're fuzzy or a little rounded. Again, not that big of a deal for me. And so fours are like, man, I can pick that card up fairly you know, not necessarily completely cheap, but compared to, again, the higher grades and I can still have one that's, that's well-centered. That's, that's perfect.
0: Let me, let me pull up um, card ladder again. So the other Yaz card,
1: did you, what year did you say it was? 69. That's, that's, <laughs> that's starting to be my nemesis card. I, I just, I can't. <laughs> there we go because so many of those 69s are off center just more than I'm that I'm comfortable with, I found some sixes, but they'll be like not just off left to right, but left to right and top to bottom. They'll be like stuck in one corner, and I'm like, I just, I can't I can't buy that. It just if I look at a card and the first thing I see that it's off center, I'm not gonna enjoy that card. So it you know, is that is, one there is,
0: this is it right here right now. This was a four, yeah, and this one wow, good centering on this one, and it just so it looks like it just sold. uh, No. Could have been sold uh, four just sold for yeah t- really $23? $23 23.50. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. again. I, I I think I may have seen that one. Um, uh, but nor- normally if this was any other player or something like that, and I looked closely, depending on if there's any ink marks or whatever, I may have gone after that, but just for your stremsky I don't know. I it, I just want a little bit of a higher quality card. Again, not so much hung up on the number uh grade, but just a l- little bit nicer copies. Uh, but I, I think I did see that one come up and I, I was like, oh what's a four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I decided to pass on it. But yeah, uh, because that is one of the nice things about a player run like Yaz
0: where he's an all-time great, but he's not in the at least in the hobby. He's not yeah. his prices aren't up there with Mays and Mantle and Hank Aaron. So you can you can get really nice and and again I don't mean grades I don't mean to say grades don't mean anything because yeah I mean if it's a if it's a centered 6 or a 7 it's going to have some better characteristics usually than a centered 4 because yep. it's probably got you know better registration and stuff like that which will help out and if if it's not that much more expensive yeah I'm I'm the same way with that too I collect Mickey Mantle so it becomes man so expensive that yeah. Like, like I got a 65 uh a 65 tops mantle that's in a three I yeah. bought it well you know I'm JT triple okay. crown yeah. yep uh, it, he did actually did a video on it I happened to see it on YouTube and I was one of the the mantle cards that I'm looking for and it was really nicely centered it was a three and uh made, made a nice deal with him so Stuff like that where, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take the
1: three all day long if it's centered in six. My, my my six my 65 Mantle is in a three. It's a BBG three. Um, but, yeah, and, and I've been I've been slowly getting some Hank Aaron cards. Of course, at some point it's just because it's, you know. Um, so that's – I have a little bit of his run going. I may only be halfway there. Uh, Tom Seaver as well. I'm making some, some, some progress with Tom Seaver. But, like, Hank Aaron cards, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle – Again, with the amount of money I have uh, to spend, I can't be looking at sixes and sevens for, for for mantles. It's, okay, what can I get in a in a, I have a one Aaron in a three, I think a 55, 56 Aaron in a three, and a lot of others in fours. But the fours that I've been able to pick up look really nice. So that's, that's how I've been able to afford some of the Hank Aaron cards I have.
0: And I saw you in a bunch of the videos from the national this year in Atlantic city.
1: Do you go every year to the national or was this one of the first ones you've been to? The, the first one I went to was in 2015 out in Chicago. Then I went to the one in 2019 in Chicago, went to last year's in Chicago and this year in Atlantic city. So it's to the point now that it's an annual event for me. I just, especially since I've been on YouTube the last two years, it's almost more as as enjoyable hanging out, meeting with fellow YouTubers than it is necessarily picking up cards. Because the cards I picked up at the national, I mean, I could have picked up on eBay. There was nothing super rare uh, about it. it. It's it's just the experience, and again, hanging, getting a chance to hang out with some great guys that I've now met in in person. Uh, some of them just this year for the first time or uh, second time because i met him last year and that's just been for me the national what's, what's been more important the social side of things more than the than the cards but it's just it's fun to pick up some nice cards too
0: yeah because i i was talking with uh, dylan double d and um one of the things we were talking about was well n- number one i've this is crazy i've never been to a card show oh
1: I know, okay any type of card show
0: any type. I, I, I've been huh. to many card shops and I've, I've been obviously bought many, many cards online, yeah. never yeah. been to a card show. Uh, and, and Dylan and I were talking and he was saying how he can't wait to go to Chicago next year for the national. And I said, you know what, maybe I'll make the national next year in Chicago, my first ever card show. And that I might not even buy that many cards, like you said, but yeah. it would be cool to meet guys like you and some of the, some of the guys that I've done these things with that, um, that would be the biggest benefit is just meeting, meeting other yeah. collectors. Well,
1: we, we we have a, a Mike baseball collector. He, he specifically sets up a, uh, usually on the Thursday night at one of the hotels or whatever, a YouTube. So, you know, if you create content, watch content, you're welcome to show up. And I think this year at the Thursday event, I bet you there were at least, Oh my gosh, I 50 plus YouTubers just hanging out talking and just having a great time. And then another uh, couple YouTubers put something else on at another hotel Friday night. And I went to that and hung out with, you know, some newer ones, some other ones from the previous night. And yeah, it's so there are some of us that actually try to organize these little events after the show ends, uh, usually around the convention center. And it's just informal. Hey, we're going to meet at this hotel bar area we're gonna take it over and be there and just have fun so
0: man i'm already looking forward to it and yeah honestly this is I'm, going on youtube was a kind of a weird thing for me i'm i'm kind of a private guy I, it's not in my nature to to be on youtube and, and do these videos i'm having a lot of fun with it though and Good. this Good. is the reason i do these is to really you know talk with guys like you that uh, I otherwise wouldn't have a chance to so I asked Dylan, I asked Dylan uh recommend someone else and he recommended you. I sh- uh, I, I, I I should who have anticipated you got?
1: this. Who you I should got? have anticipated this. Um
0: <laughs> you don't have to I mean if you could always get back to me, but if you yeah,
1: have there's wrong. there's uh, and I'm trying cuz I know that um I know of one. And it's 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 one that I I I've met uh, the last 2 years. He is very passionate about uh his his vintage collection uh loves to talk baseball cards goes on live and does live streams and invites uh, several different people on uh james elite hunters
0: oh yeah All he has right. a
1: fantastic uh and and i'm sure again he he loves going on doing live uh things i i i just did a live uh, just got on live with uh one other person invited other people on and sure enough James came on uh, the the live stream right before the national and we were just, there was like five of us at one point and we were just chatting and stuff like that. So yeah, James elite hunters uh, would be one that I think uh, would really enjoy uh, doing this, this series with you.
0: Awesome. Well, James, you heard it. Now you have to do it. John <laughs> said you're in, so I'll be reaching out. <laughs> hey, John, thanks, man. I really appreciate this. This was a blast for me. And um, I hope, I hope this isn't the last time we do
1: one of these. I hope we can do it again. Absolutely. And I look forward to hopefully meeting you in person at uh, the National next year in Chicago. That would be awesome. I look forward to it. All right, John. Thank you. Right. My pleasure.